Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. It's been a morning of lots of chores. I had to, we'd order some furniture over the past week or two, and it comes in these massive cardboard boxes. And it's not just that you have to flatten the cardboard boxes. You also then have to cut them down in size so that they can fit inside the stupid recycling bins. And so I spent about half an hour like with my Naruto letter opener knife, like cutting down these cardboard boxes to fit in the recycling bin. And then we had to go to Quick Fit to get a tire replacement for the car, which I'm going to have to fit after this after this call. Um, yeah, mate, lots of chores today. Lots of chores. How about you? Yeah, man, things are pretty good. Things are things are picking up. I think what's, for the last, last couple up? of weeks, I've been very. Uh, things haven't been the best in terms of feeling optimistic about about the book, but now I'm okay, feeling yeah. much more optimistic about the book. And yeah, we've just launched. What's changed? Uh, what's changed? Uh, I've now. Hmm. I've now decided that I'm probably going to go with a literary agent, and so I've been speaking to a few and shortlisting a few, and that like feels like a a load off my shoulders. And I think we have also got another kind of framing of the book that, that might work nicely. Oh, okay. So you feel like you're making some progress. I feel like, yeah, I feel, it feels like kind of last week. Oh, if, if, it feels like maybe two weeks ago was like the all is lost moment. And now it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now it's, it's all picking up. You certainly didn't present it as an all is lost moment <laughs> last week or two weeks no? ago. <laughs> no, you were like, oh man, I'm really relieved. <laughs> I think <laughs> relieved was the term you used. Uh, yeah, I mean, just... I'm, I'm, I'm saying all, all is lost moment as in, uh, you know, it's, it's like a standard part of like any kind of storytelling narr- narrative where it's the work you've done up in this, until this point is awful. And now, so that's like the all is lost moment. And now it's like we're rebuilding from the ground up and it feels good. Got it. Wakata. Um, that sounds good. Yes. Um, before we continue, we should talk about uh, something very special, which is that this episode of the podcast is brought to you by none other than Skillshare. Tamo, take it away. Why, can you do it? Come on, man. I'm in the middle of eating. <laughs> in the middle All of right. eating my heel. <laughs> is that what you're eating? Mm. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, this episode is brought to you by Skillshare. Skillshare, if you haven't heard by now, if you've been living under a rock, is an online platform with thousands of educational classes in all sorts of areas, from graphic design and illustration to cooking and interior design and business and productivity and entrepreneurship and all this cool stuff. If you go to skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking pod, or hit the link in the show notes or in the video description. And if you're one of the first thousand people to do that, then you will get a free trial to Skillshare. And during your free free trial, you can watch all seven of my classes on Skillshare. I've got two about productivity. I've got two about how to study for exams effectively, one about how to be happier by taking lessons from stoicism, and then one about how to cook productively, which I'm a bit embarrassed by, which we shouldn't talk about. Um, Beyond that, there's like dozens yeah, I, I, I don't want to say dozens, like actually thousands of other classes on Skillshare. So head over to skillshare.com slash not overthinking pod to get your free trial. Awesome. That was a really good ad read. Mate, I've been listening to like all these other podcasts seem to have freaking you know, four four ad reads one after the other at the start of the thing. Like what's up with that? Like it does Yeah, I think we're 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 under monetizing. If you if you're keen on that, I can I can ask. <laughs> I can ask our uh, agents to, to hook us I, up with a double ad read. I, I mean I'm cu- I'm curious as to like because I know that I know that the first seven minutes of every Tim Ferriss episode is going to be ads. I know that basically the first seven minutes of like all of these kind of podcasts is going to be ads, and I I just like skipped to seven minutes in. Like I I'm really curious how these ads are converting for the advertisers when it's like this massive thing at the start mm. of an episode. Yeah, they seem to be converting. Like the the reason advertisers continue them is because they convert reasonably well. Right. So yeah, it must be working. It must, like, be it must be working very well for them. I was looking at some of our some of our data um, from from these ads. Like I think our both our Skillshare and our brilliant ad reads are performing reasonably well. At least they were kind of middle of last year, which is when I when I was looking at the data for. Interesting. Yeah, maybe we can. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not super fast to be honest. Another yeah. exciting news. Um, so you know, we were, so last week we were talking about this the, this thread on Tuttle. Yes. Um, so that at, at the time it was seven pages long. Now it's nine pages long because people have realised that we posted this on the podcast YouTube channel. By the way, <sighs> if you don't realise, we have a podcast YouTube channel now where we have video versions of these podcasts. So check it out. Link in the show notes. Um, and someone's posted a link saying. He says the ones that did make him feel something or comments on his ability as a doctor based on his YouTube content and comments from old patients of his made him think about real life repercussions of his social media presence. Um, oh, here yeah, we go. So just just, just to recap for people who didn't listen last week, at the end of last week's episode, Ali read out a bunch of that there is a website called Tattle, an online forum where people basically gossip about you know, celebrities and influencers and things like that. And there was a seven page thread about Ali where people were broadly posting mean comments there's a there's a youtube clip from last week's episode uh which you can check out if you missed it with just the mean comment section uh but it looks like there's been some developments since mm. all right so we have a comment um saying his brother came across as really kind which i think he did i'm curious what brought ali to the thread and encouraged him to discuss it in a video ali if you're reading none of us know you in real life this thread isn't gospel it's gossip and opinions you're the authority on yourself if you're affected by reading here then please don't do so um People are saying that this is quite a reasonable, this is quite a tame thread, uh, all things considered. Sounds more like an Ali thread, to be honest. Everything in his life has to be productive. How is that healthy or unproblematic? He's doing exactly the same as other influencers by promoting something that is so unobtainable. Sometimes it's okay not to do anything and simply enjoy life's small pleasures, like having a piss without taking your iPad with you in the guise of being productive. What the fuck is a productive Valentine's Day? His ads are also becoming worse. <laughs> Are we going to read all the comments? Like, what? Have, <laughs> surely not. Mm, I'm just thinking if there's any particularly mean ones. Yeah, his brother is pretty cute. I'll take that. It seems like a couple of the a couple of the, the newer comments on the thread are trying to like reassure you that it's okay or something. <laughs> like, they're kind of like, Ali, don't listen to these comments or something. And I think a lot of the I thought it was interesting that a lot of the YouTube comments on last week's episode. And on the clip from last week's episode where we just talked about the mean comments, it seems like most of them are trying to reassure you and say like, oh, Ali, don't don't listen to don't listen to the haters, Ali. I think you're really inspirational and, you know, all, all of this kind of stuff. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, 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 I wanted to sort of kick off this episode by talking a little bit a little bit about that phenomenon. And actually, I, I had I had a, I was having sort of like a phone call with a couple of friends uh, two days ago or something. And you know, while we were catching up, one of the, one of them, you know, kind of told us about, you know, some, something bad that recently happened to him or something. And the other friend's response to this was similar to the YouTube comments of like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, just be patient, you know, that, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, with these friends, we then had a chat about like, you know, <laughs> why are you saying that? <laughs> Basically. And I'm, I'm curious, like, what, what do you think when people comment on on like the youtube video saying like oh ali you know we love you ali don't listen to the haters like they're just jealous you know all this kind of stuff i think it's just people people being nice and genuinely genuinely feeling that way like for like for example i have watched videos of youtubers that i like and youtubers that i'm friends with where they talk about mean comments that they've got and i feel like a, a, a feeling of feeling compelled to, to, to comment something just to be like you know screw the haters mate <laughs> And I think it's similar to, I feel it's like if someone, you know, um, a YouTuber friend of mine posted a video a few months ago about how he's got cancer and talking about his struggles with that. And that was like an outpouring of love and support being like, oh my God, this is so terrible. You're, you're such a great guy. I hope you get through it. You know, we're here for you. You know, that kind of stuff. Okay. It's just like a generally nice thing to do. I don't think there's anything particularly, I don't know, nefarious about it. Or I'm not, I'm not quite sure what you're getting at. I feel like this is just decent, like hum, human decency. If someone is feeling bad about something, you try and reassure them that it's going to be okay. You know, like the equivalent of Sheldon Cooper saying "there, there" and and patting the shoulder. Hmm. I'm not trying to say there's anything nefarious. To be clear, I didn't make any suggestion. No, of course, that. I agree. <laughs> uh, so, if someone, uh, if something bad happens to one of your friends, like what's your, what's what's like your response? How do you how how do you react in those situations? Mm, recently, I would I would I would feel like oh, oh oh I'm so sorry that kind of thing. That sounds really hard. Um, you know the the usual. The, the usual just being nice to someone and saying saying that you're there for them type type thing if you need if you need anything give me a shout or you know 
it obviously depends on the context depends on what's what what the bad thing is and whether i can whether this person is close enough to warrant something more active in terms of outreach but generally it's like i'm 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 really sorry it's it's like if someone has a death in the family like it's just polite to be like oh i'm really sorry you guys must be going through a tough time etc etc i think that's kind of the equivalent of what's going on here people are feeling yeah wanting wanting to show support which is kind of nice so when you read those comments you feel kind of nice yeah yeah it feels good to read those comments (laughs) wow i said it (laughs) Wow. And Netflix, like, I said that shit. <laughs> Where's that from? Uh, like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, <Yeah>, edit. <laughs> Black woman. Okay, no. <laughs> Dude, I was doing a bit there. <laughs> I'm doing Kevin Hart. <laughs> was it Chris Rock? Kevin Hart? <laughs> Who knows? I think it's probably Chris. I mean, Chris Rock has. Lots of bits about black women more so than I think Kevin Hart does. Okay. I'm, uh, apologies to Kevin. Okay, that is interesting. Hmm. Okay, I think it's worth separating different things here. So I think I think there, is, there are certainly some things which are just like masses of etiquette. Like, you know, if, if, there, if someone has a death in the family, even though you have nothing to really apologize for, it is polite to you know, say, oh, I'm sorry, or I'm sorry to hear that. You know, that kind of stuff. I think there's, there's matters of pure etiquette. Which I think that comes under also like saying hello to someone when you see them, you know, these are just sort of matters of pure etiquette. Mm. And then I think a bunch of, there's a bunch of stuff that falls outside of that where, you know, someone is kind of making the choice to say, say some stuff. And so, you know, like a common thing, you know, if a friend is sort of, you know, breaks up with their, you know, romantic partner, then people will typically say, oh, you know, there's, you know, don't worry about it. You'll you'll find someone else. Plenty more fish in the sea. All of this kind of stuff. And I, I think that falls outside of the realm of just pure etiquette. And that's like an intentional thing that someone is saying. So I I I I think I disagree with you when you characterize these YouTube comments of as like pure etiquette in the same way that saying I'm sorry is etiquette when there's a death. I'm not. I don't I think it's that. Yeah, I agree. It's it's not quite. It, it goes slightly slightly beyond the etiquette. More of a like. There's no social etiquette here like if i was saying it to someone in real life it would be social etiquette when we be like oh i'm really sorry don't listen to the haters like that's just do you agree that that would be social etiquette rather than just i'm really sorry sorry what's the, okay let's let's set up the situation a bit more precisely so i say to someone in real life that hey so i saw some mean comments about me on the internet and it made me feel bad okay it would be social etiquette for that person to be like oh i'm sorry to hear that like don't worry about it you know you've got all these good comments as well and you make you make such a big impact on people and obviously there's going to be some haters okay like, no, no no okay got it got it i understand i did i, I'm, I, th- I, I I'm think i'm in sorry real life, that i'm saying in real life that's social etiquette i'm saying oh i'm sorry to hear that would be considered rude if <laughs> if if not elaborated on in in that context in a one-to-one situation okay i agree it would be weird to just say i'm sorry to hear that and then move on to the weather or something. I agree that would be weird. But I think there is a spectrum of elaboration that can that can occur. Okay. And there are choices that people make as to what that looks like. I, I agree, you know, if you say that to someone, I agree that they, they, they are basically obliged to say, I'm sorry to hear that. Or, you know, maybe, you know, how are you feeling? So, so, you know, basically that much. But then whatever route they decide to go out, go down in terms of elaborating on it, I think comes down to choice. And that's that's really what I'm trying to trying to get at here. Okay. Um, so I think, you know, so one or one possible route, right, to, to elaborate is to then go down this angle, which I think a lot of the YouTube comments did and which you just did in your example as well, where you then try and, um, yeah, I guess, try and negate the mean comments and say, oh, you know, there's lots of, you know, there's lots of good comments about you as well and i think you're x y and z you know that is one of one of many possible routes of elaboration um are you in are you personally inclined to go down that route when you're when you're sort of talking to your own friends like if something bad happens to them you will like try and convince them no <laughs> okay got it also i really hate i've started to really hate the way i talk i'm 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 really sorry to hear that um for the record lots of people love the way you talk and especially love your laugh and we've had some youtube comments on the last one saying that your laugh should be turned into its own mean um why 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 do you feel that way 
I think I just talk in a really obtuse way. I think I <laughs> I don't know like <laughs> what does obtuse mean? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, are we talking about the angle? Is that a thing? Obtuse angles? You're the mathematician. That is a thing in maths, yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. Whenever I whenever I hear myself talk, especially on the podcast, what? Especially on the podcast, I think I make an effort to just be really precise with my language, and I think it just it just sounds it just sounds stupid, me. Roots of elaboration? What the hell am I talking about? Why is that how I phrased it? <laughs> what a ridiculous way to phrase that. <laughs> Why is that what comes to, comes to my mind when I'm trying to have this conversation? <laughs> what you're trying to say is <laughs> people can respond differently depending on who they are. <laughs> and one way of responding is X. And there might be another way of responding. But because you're, you're a Twitter think boy, you have decided to go that, you've decided to call it roots of elaboration. It's not a decision, right? You don't choose what words come out of your mouth. They just come out of your mouth. <laughs> and increasingly, I'm finding the words that come out of my mouth to be pretty annoying. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure there's anything wrong with roots of elaboration. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. It just sounds a bit obtuse to me. Anyway, um, let's go back to them. Let's go back to them. Because you're thinking of it in terms of like a decision tree almost. Or, or, or in terms of a, you go so far and then there is literally like different roads that you could go, you could go down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's reasonable to call those roots of elaboration. This is, this is, this is not me doing the first route of elaboration. <laughs> this is me genuinely telling you that it's, I, think, I think that was reasonable. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, fine. Um, Right, let's unwind this particular route of elaboration and <laughs> uh, go back to the crossroads. Uh, so what were we talking about? So yes, I think I think the thing you had just said is that, you know, okay, I think we're, we're agreed that there is a basically obligatory response of like, I'm sorry to hear that, you know, hope you're okay, whatever, which just is just social etiquette and you just have to do it. And then there's like a bunch of, you know, there's a bunch of options you have of like how you want to carry on the conversation. Yep. One of the one of those options is to try and sort of convince the other person that these mean comments in this instance uh, are actually wrong and like oh you know there's also really good comments and you know the mean comments are wrong because you're actually a great person all this kind of stuff that's that's one route and and you said you typically don't go down that route yourself with friends right why not I typically go down the routes I mean it it depends on the context the the first <laughs> the primary route of elaboration. <laughs> um, is very easy and very like non-socially threatening and it's like a pretty norm normal slash normy thing to say and so if i'm in it if i'm in an environment where you know let's say there's like a group of 10 people who i don't know particularly well at that point i'm not going to put on my um i don't know freudian hat <laughs> and start sort of psychoanalyzing the person whereas if it's a more one-to-one -one situation if you were to tell me that for example hey i've had some mean comments on the internet i would be like oh that's interesting how do you feel about that which was kind of what you asked last time, as opposed to, oh, don't worry about it, mate. It's all good. Like, you're a great guy and your laugh is infectious and people think you're very attractive and handsome and stuff. Um, I wouldn't go down that route. Wait, wait, wait. I'd wait. go down the, I'd go down the you, how are you feeling route. You, you think the how, how are you feeling route would be weird if, if it's like people you don't know as well? Uh, how, how are you feeling then, with, which would then be followed, followed up with the why do, you think that, why do you think you're feeling that way or just uh, trying trying to get to the bottom of really exploring the feeling and exploring like the thought process behind the feeling generally not a i mean it doesn't work in 100 percent of of social situations yeah for sure okay that's interesting <laughs> that was me being precise with my language <laughs> it does not work in 100 percent of social situations. <laughs> like there we go <laughs> sounds more like hedging to me mate but that's fine okay so so you, you, you don't, okay, let's just give it a name. Let's call it the reassurance route where you tell the person, oh, you know, there's lots of good things about you, blah, blah, blah. You, you don't personally go down the reassurance route in general, but it's, it felt nice to you when the YouTube comments were along the reassurance route. Uh, it felt, felt nice in a way. Or do you, do you okay, basically, right. <laughs> do you have to say it felt nice because it would be a dick move <laughs> on this podcast for you to say oh man all these people came out and supported me but actually i don't give a rat's ass <laughs> like do you are you obliged to say it felt nice <laughs> you can say yes it's, it yeah. still leaves room <laughs> there's still like 50 50 there is an element of obligation here <laughs> okay. like when uh if like if you know if someone Basically, how celebrities are obligated to be very thankful, th thankful to their fans for, for the things that their fans do. Right. Um, this is something that Darren Brown interestingly explores in his book, Happy, where he talks about 
how what it feels like to be a celebrity and to be and to be someone famous and how you can't really say anything against it because you know then you come across as a dick yeah. and you have to obviously you know be acknowledge every moment that your fans are the ones who got you there and because you don't want to come across as a dick and you don't want them to, to not like you and there's all this baggage associated with yeah, talking yeah. about that sort of stuff publicly okay so, right. there so you can't yeah you can't talk about it publicly so maybe, <laughs> maybe i can i can throw my hat into the rig <laughs> by, by all means please do and i will neither confirm nor deny the allegations so. <laughs> if i were you and I, you know, there will be comments about me on the internet and we'd made that video or podcast, whatever you want to call it. And then in the comments, you know, everyone was like, oh, oh, Temor, don't, don't listen to the comments, you know, don't listen to the haters. They're just jealous. You know, you have all these nice qualities about you. I think you're great. Um, you know, if that was the response, not only would I not, not only would I not feel nice about it, I would, I would actually feel, okay, like I would, I, I wouldn't feel positively towards the response. <laughs> But but I also wouldn't I wouldn't even feel neutral towards the response. I'd feel slightly negative towards the response. <laughs> I, like I would actively not want that to be the response. Why? Is that? Um, I think I I personally I don't know I, I think I'm I'm from, from what I've seen from chatting to friends about this. I think I'm pretty weird in this regard, and I don't think you're quite as weird on on this along this dimension. But I'm very sensitive to feeling uh, sort of patronized or pitied or sort of condescended to. Like that is literally, I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Like that is literally the worst thing imaginable to me. Like literally, you know, the worst possible thing is for someone to pity me. And I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm like so sensitive to that, that the, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't want any, I wouldn't want sort of, uh, anyone's pity really. Um, and I think that's also the reason why I never go down the reassurance route myself because I, you know, I don't, I don't pity anyone, you know, regardless of, of, of like the circumstance. I think it's like, and, and look, I think I'm, I, I think I'm being weird here by calling this pity. I yeah, think there's, there, I think there is, a, yeah, there, I think there is a meaningful difference between like, you know, pity and like sympathy or something, you know, there, there's like, there's, there's different things going on which are related, but I'm like so sensitive to the pity thing that I just like completely steer clear from it. Um, and so, sorry, surprisingly self-aware coming from you. I don't need your, I don't need these compliments. <laughs> don't pity me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just like completely steer clear, clear from it. And I think we talked about this uh, a couple a few weeks ago as well, where I thought like, have I given you the whole praises problematic spiel? Uh, many times. <laughs> many times. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, th I think, uh, I think praise comes into the same like realm of borderline pity. <laughs> And so, like, I don't, well, praise, I, I don't want people's <laughs> praise, and I don't praise people. Um, and, right. But I, but I, I, but I know it's weird. That's I know it's probably wrong. Let's unpack let's, this. Okay, let's not go down the praise angle. We can talk about that another day. Let's let's stick to like the the sort of pity sympathy angle. Like, you can't just say that praising someone is equivalent to pitying them, and therefore it's bad. I'm, and I look. Okay. I'm putting my hands up. I'm saying, look, I'm probably wrong about this, but this is just okay. just how I'm wired at the moment. All right. We can talk about praise another day, or maybe at the end of this podcast, but. Yeah, just on the on the sort of pity versus sympathy front, I think like I don't want anyone to feel sorry for me. And if okay, here's here's the reason why the reassuring comments, you know, would be there'd be a danger of me feeling pitied or felt sorry for. Yeah. Can we are those interchangeable? Feeling sorry for someone and 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 pitying them? No, I don't think so. I think I mean I might feel sorry for you if. A, some a close family member died but i wouldn't pity you if a close family family member like pity implies pity implies some level of some level of dehumanizing yeah like you would pity a dog <laughs> why or like being being like Dog's a chilling. Street, like you know he doesn't have an owner and he's starving and oh put the poor dog i, I pity them you, you would also feel sorry for the dog but the feeling sorry would it, it, it would come under pity whereas if for example i don't know you applied to university and you didn't and you didn't get into the one that you wanted. I, f I feel sorry for you because I'm like oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that you didn't get what you wanted. But I wouldn't. It wouldn't. I wouldn't describe that as pity. Okay, let's see what the dictionaries say about this. And like, I don't think we need to be slaves to the dictionary categories of things. By the way, I think like yeah, in this uh, post-truth world that we live in, am I right? <laughs> exactly. Who cares about what the actual definition of things is? <laughs> what matters is how we feel about those definitions. <laughs> I think that is actually true in this case. In, in this case. <laughs> That's like one of All those right. accidentally left-wing things. 
<laughs> Have you seen that Twitter account? Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's really good. It's awesome <laughs> I accidentally left me. <laughs> what? So you're saying that we would that, that we should just abolish the military and like defund the police and then just let people do what they want? <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, on, the to- on the topic of accidentally left wing, there was a. Uh... There was a tweet which was accidentally, <laughs> accidentally Christian. Um, <laughs> let me find it. Oh my god, it was so funny. <laughs> this is this is this is worth the um the diversion. Did I post it on the lads group chat? Oh, I think I did. Let me scroll up. Man, there's got to be a better way to manage like the different memes that you sent to different people across different platforms. This is a mess. If if causal fails, you've got your next idea right there. Exactly. I'm pretty sure I posted it as an Instagram story. Let's find out. Mate, what the hell? How the hell do I find this? Okay, archive. Does this have my historical stories? Oh, I think I sent it to one particular friend on Twitter DMs. Ah, no. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. All right, just give me a sec. This will be worth it. Okay, I'm not sure if you realize, but given that I, I, I tell this to you every time, given that we cut out pauses, it's actively unhelpful for you to start saying, for you to hedge by saying, just give me a sec. I think I sent it to one Twitter friend. No way. It was on Instagram. No way. It was on Snapchat. Like, that's actively unhelpful for Angus. who's going to be editing this episode. I'm sorry, Angus. Just suffer in silence, and then you can bring out the tweet. Oh, here it is. Okay, this is the accidentally Christian tweet. Someone tweeted, we should just pin all the debt in the world to one guy and then kill him. And then someone someone quotes, quoted that and said, I'm a pastor and pal, have I got some good news for you? <laughs> I thought that was very good. Oh my God, so funny. Uh, the joke is that uh, Christians believe that Jesus, uh, Jesus was pinned to the cross and died for... For all of our sins so it's uh, very very similar to what this guy is proposing that we pin all the debt in the world to one guy and then just kill him <laughs> was that guy actually a pastor or, or was it a a, a banter <laughs> no no i think he's I, actually a pastor that's hilarious i think he's a pastor <laughs> <laughs> all right so how do we go on to that accidentally christian accidentally leftist the difference between pity and sympathy pity and sympathy are oh, we we're about to you some dictionary dictionary definitions. okay okay pity noun a feeling of sadness or sympathy for someone else's unhappiness or difficult situation. Okay. To take pity on someone is to feel sorry for someone and to do something that shows this. We took pity on a couple of people waiting in the rain for a bus and gave them a lift. So, okay, here we go. I've got a pity versus sympathy, psychologytoday.com, um, the most uh, reputable source on the topic. Pity is a feeling of discomfort and the distress of one or more sentient beings, and often has paternalistic or condescending overtones. Sympathy is a feeling of care and concern for someone, often someone close, accompanied by a wish to see him better off or happier. So I think it's the paternalistic or condescending overtones that at least I certainly feel when I, which is why I would avoid saying I feel pity for something other than a a dog on the street. (laughs) Dog on the street. (laughs) What's wrong with the dog on the street, dude? Why you can imagine just sorry dog you're like, oh, Bichara, the poor, the poor thing. I take, you know, I, t- I take pity on that dog. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I suppose. Maybe if it's hungry or something. Um, okay, look, I think we should... All right, let's look up sympathy. Look, basically, I don't think the dictionary definitions actually get at the the meaningful difference. So I think we should, should go off-piste here a little bit. I mean, um, yeah, Psychology Today article, which is all about the differences between pity and sympathy and empathy. I think I think that's broadly right. Like pity equals sympathy plus some level of paternalism slash condescension applied to it. Uh, okay, so the, uh, sympathy, according to a dictionary, is feelings of pity and sorrow for someone else's misfortune. Yeah. Yeah. Terribly helpful. Yeah. Uh, sympathy is also understanding between t- people. Common feeling. Common feeling. Okay. So okay, I'd like to, <clears throat> I'd like to make a distinction between like okay, let, let's just say that the difference between like. Okay, let's say let's say that the sympathy sympathy is kind of like okay, let, let's make a distinction between empathy, sympathy and pity, where empathy is like sort of common common feeling, you know? Um seeing seeing through the other person's eyes kind of thing. Uh and then sympathy is the like kind of like feeling feeling bad for someone's situation, you know, something like that. And p- pity is like sympathy plus like the 
patronizing sort of uh, aspect of it or something you know so what basically like okay okay i think by definition reassuring comments show sympathy but not pity whereas you seem to think that reassuring comments show pity which is why you have such a an adverse reaction to them um maybe sympathy is problematic have you ever considered that one no look so for example if someone is if someone is ill you know if uh if okay if like sheen were unwell what would you feel towards her nothing <laughs> I mean, I was say, this is a public forum so you, you're putting me on the spot here <laughs> i would i would feel sympathy and what what does that what does that mean in, in that situation and feels so like oh i'm sorry that she's unwell and would you feel would you feel bad that she is in, 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 the, in the same way that I, I try and like sort of dumb down you know, the feeling of pride to like, you know, if you're proud of someone, you're happy that they're happy or something. Yeah. Uh, would your sympathy for Sheen kind of mean that you're sad that she's sad? Uh, I probably wouldn't actually be sad about it. Yes. But in theory. <laughs> in theory, yeah. In my sympathy for Sheen is that I'm sad that she's sad. You're sad that she's sad. Okay. And with a, with a, <laughs> with a dog on the street... Yes, you're you're sad that the dog is. I mean, you're you're assuming that the dog is sad. Yes, and you're you're sad that the dog is sad, but it's more than that. You also think like some something more, right? Yeah, about something more the dog. to that, which what, comes what is, pity rather than sympathy. So, what is the dog? What is the other aside from feeling sad that the dog is sad? What else are you feeling towards the dog? Um, that it's not a life worth living, <laughs> something like that. Uh, but I won't go quite as far as that. <laughs> like, I won't go up with that and be like, you, know, do a... you, you won't just run the poor thing over. <laughs> uh, no, probably not. I, I, I wouldn't quite go down that route. My feeling of pity towards the dog on the street is, oh, I'm sad that that dog is sad, and in a way, I listen down on the dog for being in that situation. Why would you look down on the dog? How is it the dog's fault, mate? What? It's not the dog's fault, but it's like, there's a level... Okay. What, what do you I, mean looking I, down on the dog? How do, you, how do you describe paternalism in like, I have a paternal instinct towards the dog, which I do not have towards my housemate. <laughs> and so... Is it about the paternal instinct? Pity. I don't think you have a paternal instinct towards the dog. I don't think that's the case. Like, okay, what do you mean by look down upon the dog for being in such a sorry situation? I mean... Hmm, what do I mean by that? Is it just like a, a bit of an F you to the dog? No, no, no. It's nothing against the dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like, I'm sad that you're sad and you are helpless. Therefore, I feel pity. Right. You haven't told, you haven't told me what you mean by the looking down on them. Okay. Yeah. Right, uh, if, if, someone, if someone is sad and helpless, why? Re- why? Rewind the looking, looking down on it. I think it's more the helpless thing that leads to pity. Like you can't help yourself, you dog. I'm so sorry. I, you know, I, I feel pity for you. Ah. <sighs> But what do you, all right, without using the word pity, yeah. just tell, I feel tell sorry me like, the dog and I, so you're, so you're sad that it's I'm sad, sad that I'm it's sad. sad. I'm okay. Let's give the dog a name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad that Bongo is sad. Bongo. And yeah, I'm sad that Bongo is sad. And I am also, uh, and that sadness is exacerbated by the fact that Bongo cannot help himself. Those two things equals pity. You're sad that it's sad and you're sad that it's, it's like fated to be sad forever yeah for yeah for a while because it can't for some time for some time until like a benevolent owner comes along and (laughs) gives the dog some food (laughs) oh i think so i put it out of its misery (laughs) (laughs) just runs it right over Uh, add add a trigger warning to the start of this episode little piece of trivia bongo is close to one of hugh grant's middle names one of hugh grant's middle names is mungo Right. <laughs> Piece of trivia. Bongo also sounds like the instrument banjo, <laughs> which is a guitar-like instrument that people play in countries in the world. <laughs> Great. One all. <laughs> Did you see that tweet? <laughs> it was a really good tweet. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before where if Warren Buffett had... <laughs> Whereas if, if Warren Buffett had invested his net worth into Bitcoin in 2009, he'll be worth like some this many trillions of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> then some dude commented saying, <laughs> if my grandma had wheels, she'd be a bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I did that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost it at that one. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, okay. Like, look, no, no. I don't think you've really gotten down to the pity, right? Like you said you're sad that the dog is sad. And you're also sad 
that the dog is helpless. That just sounds like it's sad that the dog is sad. Um, I mean, yeah, pity, I think, is on the same same spectrum as sympathy. But I think it's the helplessness component that, that makes it pity. Helplessness, really? Like... <clears throat> hmm... Um, I wouldn't, uh, like, w- when I said I looked down on the dog, there was, there was something there. Yeah, I felt like there was some truth to that. I, think, I, f- I felt I you looked down on the dog. There's something movie. there, like, thinking that I am better than the dog. Mm. And maybe this ties into your issues with praise, where when you praise someone, it's like you're thinking in a way that you're better than them to have the something to praise. Like, this, some something around, around that, like, you're higher up in the hierarchy to be able to give them praise. I definitely feel like I'm higher up in whatever hierarchy we're looking at. Um, than the dog? Compared to the dog, yeah. And so you feel like you're in a position to cast judgment yeah, on the dog's so. worth? I guess so. I guess it's similar to, like, for example, if you see, if you go to, like, a, I don't know, a developing country and you see these kids playing on the street in rags and no, no shoes and stuff, it's very easy to have a pity response to that. And I think part of it is that, oh, I'm sorry they're in this situation, but in that context, a bigger part of it is I feel like I am in a position to pass judgment on them and, oh, goodness, must like must not their lives be terrible. And that, I think, is the feeling of pity. Yes, yeah. And which is why I would almost never have a feeling for pity for someone that I, I know in real life because I don't have that thing of, oh, goodness, must their life not be terrible? You know, I'm in a position to cast judgment. Interesting. Are there any contexts in which you would feel pity for someone or something that, or they, that you have done recently? Even a home, even if it was like a homeless man on the street, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel pity. I would feel sorry. Feel sorry, i.e., you're sad that he's sad. Yeah, but not pity, and then not like I'm, I'm in a position to cast judgment on, down upon you. Yeah, no, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's okay to pity another human being, man. Oh, yeah. I think it's <laughs> I'm, like, I'm on board with that. Yeah, I just think it's like really dehumanizing. Yeah, it's okay to feel sorry, but. The feeling of pity has that, yeah, that judgmental component, the looking down on them component. I feel like even feeling, I feel like, <clears throat> I think sad that someone else is sad is acceptable. Yeah, which is what like the, the phrase feeling, feeling sorry. I don't know, man. Like, the, I think the, the phrase feeling sorry, I wouldn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. Okay. The, like that has, oh, that has pity, to, that sort of has, rhymes with pity. Right. <laughs> if, so, if, if someone wants to be sad that I'm sad, it's regrettable, but I, I can, you know, it wouldn't ruin my life. If someone feels sorry for me, that that would, that would come close. <laughs> you might as well end it now. Yeah, <laughs> just finish me off with a dog. Um, yeah, let's not say. Let's look. I think the feeling sorry thing is actually problematic in, mm. in, in the pity camp. I don't know. I think feeling sorry is. I, I I guess it depends what these what these words mean to us. In my head, when most people say, "I feel oh I'm,", I'm look, I, I think the, I think these things are tricky because to an extent, like. You can't you can't try to make too much sense of words or language and stuff like that. And so we should just define our own stuff here. And I think like I think like sad sad that someone else is sad is one thing. Mm-hmm. Let's call that sympathy. Sure. I think just like feeling. Look, I I accept that it doesn't make too much sense to read into like these specific words, but like feeling sorry for someone, it's sort of like there's an element of judgment in that that like you know. Sorry, like it's not cool, basically. Uh, so roundabout way of you saying that you don't want people to feel sorry for you, and so you think, going back to our original point, that when people are writing a reassuring, well, when people are offering reassurance in any yeah. in any kind of capacity, that feeling sorry rather than sympathy, and feeling sorry is bad, therefore the reassurance is bad. Yeah, the the, the reassurance kind of presumes that I need to be reassured, you know. Um. I'm not sure that's feeling sorry or pity. I think that's just uh, people p- people wanting to provide reassurance whether or not you need it. Like, for example, if there is if if something bad happens to someone and, and I send them flowers or, you know, Mimi cooks for them and gives them food. She's not saying that they actually need it. Like they have money in their account. They could order from delivery or something. But it's just a nice gesture. And it's how societies <laughs> it's 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 how we show that we care. Equally, reassurance for when when we when we offer reassurance, it's like a relatively easy way of showing that we care. I'm all about the showing that we care. I've, I'm I'm all for that. That's all the reassurance is, man. It's a nice thing. So you guys are watching this. Uh, please do provide reassuring comments. Uh, <laughs> ignore Tamo. He doesn't know what he's talking about. No, dude. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The thing is that I think it's 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 nice. It's nice 
when people can empathize with you, you know, if you're going through some kind of struggle and someone else truly understands that struggle, it's nice to feel that connection with them on that, you know, feeling like you're not alone, that kind of thing. Okay. And so I'm all, I'm all for that. I'm all about that. And so like, I think that's great, but I think, I think going further than that. Okay. So for example, okay. So in, in the specific instance where I was catching up with some friends, the, the, the struggle that one of the friends had was that he'd, he'd recently been rejected by a girl. And, yeah, that's that's something that everyone can sort of empathize with. And, you know, so... Well, not me. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> and so, you know, what I said was something along the lines of, damn, dude, that sucks. That's like, you know, that's really bad. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. That, that, that sucks real bad, you know. Um, and I would appreciate it if someone said that to me were I in that position okay but then what this other friend did was take it a step further and be like oh you know just be patient you know you'll find you'll find the right person blah 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 that that kind of those platitudes yes and I definitely would not want someone to say that to me Mm. because yeah I, I guess there's like categories of reassurance there's like there's reassurance which is like pure platitudes where you know just like completely generic platitudes like, you know, there's plenty more fish in the sea, you know, just be patient kind of thing, you know, it'll happen. Right. And then there's, there's reassurance, which comes from a place of sort of domain expertise, Mm. you know, and I think, but I think both of those are very different. Right. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So for example, if someone's like, Oh, I've just had my first job interview and got rejected. Oh, I'm really sorry to hear that. Yeah. It can be really tough. I mean, for the record, I had 85 job interviews before I got accepted. It's, It's a normal part of life. That's like a domain domain expertise reassurance on the realm of knowing what it's like to have job interviews and that it's pretty normal to get rejected from them whereas oh don't worry mate you know just be yourself and i'm sure you'll find someone eventually is not at all helpful (laughs) and pure pure platitude reassurance yeah so i think the pure platitude reassurance is what i find what what i really wouldn't want someone to say to me because let me unpack why is it that you feel like they feel like you don't already know that and (laughs) Therefore, the fact that they would have to say to you, don't worry, bro, you'll find someone. It, it feels as if they're sort of, it feels as if you're the dog on the street and they're sort of patting you on the head. Yeah, yeah. They're presuming that I'm the dog on the street. Mm. Exactly. Like, wh- like, why would you presume that? You could also, you know. Treat me as an intelligent being <laughs> who's not an idiot. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's like a sort of secure and autonomous person. And, you know, yeah, it feels bad to get rejected or whatever. But like, and it, I, I would presume that it's... It sort of ruined my life or anything with that. Like I'm questioning, you know, the big existential things as a result of it. You, you, yeah, that's. I think that's why I don't like. I think the generic platitudes often often presume a lot, which I, I don't think is is really the case. So like in your okay, like in the in 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 the mean comments example. I mean, the thing you were claiming on the on the when we talked about it was that you don't actually care too much about the mean comments. And so then, like when everyone's like, "Oh, Ollie, don't feel bad," blah blah blah. Like, if you truly you know, that, actually didn't care about the mean comments, surely you'd be a bit annoyed by that. Like, screw you, man. Why do you, like, why are you assuming that I feel so terrible about the mean comments? Okay, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel that way at all. Um, firstly, I think if, it, if it was uh, reading a mean comment and me being like, cool, I actually don't care, then I don't think many people would have felt, felt compelled to make reassuring comments. But because that whole final 15 minutes where you were <laughs> pointing out that, hey, your eyes seem a little bit moister and your voice has definitely changed and are you sure you don't feel bad about this? Go on. You really feel bad about it. Go on. Go on. Say it. (laughs) Because you were doing that and I was like, oh my God, maybe I feel bad. (laughs) At that point, people (laughs) feel compelled to reassure that, oh, don't worry. And maybe there is a feeling of of people thinking (laughs) I'm the dog on the street in that situation where they want to pat me on the head. Did you feel at all like the dog on the street? No, I I didn't feel at all like the the dog on the street. But I think that's, I I don't have such a strong, if someone feels sorry for me, like I don't care. Whereas you would be like, it's literally the end of the world if someone yes. feels sorry for you. Yes. <laughs> Equally, like she, it's it's been interesting with Sheen for the for the last couple of weeks because she keeps on ever like I'd be, I'd be sitting on the sofa staring into space and she'd be like Ali, what's wrong? And I'd be like, what? She'd be like, <laughs> got that kind of you've got the bichara look on your face. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, for context, bichara means like um, helpless, poor, 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 helpless type thing in in Urdu. She's like, why right. do you have your Bachara face on? Be like, oh, you've got the Bachara face on again. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, and she, she's, we've sort of, sort of unpacked her feelings on this. And she's felt that, oh, I, I, what she says is I can just feel you giving off kind of 
the fact that you're sad. And that makes me want to kind of like tell you that it's all okay. <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, nightmare. Exactly. Tell you that it's all okay. The sound generic platitudes. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. I don't mind it. I feel like you would mind it. Yeah, I'd mind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would mind it. Yeah. Great. Well, wait, wait, wait. So, I, <laughs> I mean, so why don't you, I mean, it seems like you're on board with the reassuring thing. You don't think it's problematic. Like, why don't you do it then, big man? The reassuring thing. Mm. If you haven't got a problem with it, why don't you do it to other people? I do it for the domain expertise. I don't, I don't do it if it's not non-domain expertise. Like, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with it, but I also don't think it's particularly useful. Like if someone, which, you know, I wouldn't say to a comment, oh, mate, don't worry, there's plenty of fish in the sea. But I would say something like, mate, you know what they say? You got to get, if you want to get over someone, you got to get under someone else, which is like domain expertise. Right. <laughs> also, I like to think. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's interesting to see how people respond to these things. So just to be clear, you didn't feel <clears throat> at all sort of, sort of condescended to by, no, by these very strong comments. I felt, really? I felt, I felt like it's so condescending, dude. It's so condescending. Is it? How can you not see that they're condescending? It's not condescending. Let's read, out, let's read out some of these comments. Sure, by all means. Read out some of them and I'll tell you how condescended I felt. Most of them were quite nice. I was like, oh, this is nice. All right, here we go. Just give me a moment. I will find a condescending comment. How many are you scrolling past that aren't condescending? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would interpret all of them as condescending. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being, I'm, I'm sort of joking. Um, for the record I like getting nice comments it makes me feel good so please keep on doing it you guys for the record Tamil doesn't like nice comments so when you want to tell him he's particularly funny don't do that because he'll feel like oh no no that's a, no, no okay no 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 here, here okay look we're, get, we're getting into the praise angle and look, we'll talk about this on another podcast but essentially certain things in life are group projects where praise is acceptable and being funny is a group project where the purpose of being funny is for other people to find you funny you know, for other people to laugh at your jokes and so praise in the realm of like being funny is is perfectly fine and so if you do think i'm funny i would i would love to know that <laughs> uh just give me just give me a moment we've talked about those that uh, hedging okay here we go this is condescending all right all right so this this person says uh okay basically he's sort of trying to sort of attacking the general concept of like people having hate threads on the internet. He says, don't understand the hate part of the internet. If you don't like something, then simply leave. Why make someone feel bad and waste your time when you have the liberty of doing something better with your time? Anyway, Ali, ignore them. Wow. What's wrong with that? What? <laughs> <laughs> he's telling you to ignore them. Yeah. How does that make you feel? That one makes me feel neutral because there's nothing particularly nice in there it's not like oh Ali, you've actually changed my life and i love you which is the stuff that makes me feel nice it's uh giving me advice it's so, on something it's so paternalistic ignore them ali it's fine i, I appreciate I, that i appreciate that you cannot publicly say no like i i i would say if if it made me feel anything less than like, sort of anything less than neutral about it um it makes me feel completely neutral because i couldn't care less if someone is giving me unsolicited advice and i appreciate kind of this the, the sentiment where it comes from the place it's coming from is that this person is, you know, is, is saying that it's, it's really bad that, that these people out there exist. Go on, Ali, like, ignore them. Don't let them affect you. It's, it's, it's nice. Yes, it's unsolicited advice, but like, whatever. Sounds like you have an issue with unsolicited advice. Yeah, I do. And in a way, Correct. like, YouTube comments thread is not, it's, it's not even unsolicited. It's like, you know, <laughs> we posted a video on our podcast called Ali Tries to React to Mean Comments, where I'm publicly saying that, oh, these comments make me feel a modicum of something. And you're being like, go on, admit that. that it makes you feel bad. <laughs> hey, you're fine now. <laughs> hey, your voice has changed. That's what you're saying. That's ba that's that's not. <laughs> it would not be argued in a court of law that this is not soliciting some some level of commenting. I, I obviously don't object to all commentary. Like, obviously not. I think, like, yeah. we, like we said, there's lots of roots of elaboration. So I think that's the difference between you and me on this on this front, uh, which is that I feel neutral, if not. Uh, neutral towards positive about comments like that whereas you feel definitely negative to, about comments like that yeah i guess i just find generic platitude type reassurance to be quite patronizing mm. it is patronizing dude I don't it is so. so patronizing patronizing is how you uh, how you interpret it rather than what the other person said i don't interpret a comment saying ignore the haters or you know as being a patronizing comment you might 
I don't know why you would, but sure. Mm. It's like I want, I, I, I want to interpret, uh, interpret a comment saying, keep it up as being a patronizing comment. <laughs> that you might be like, oh, keep it up. What is he telling me? <laughs> What's the assumption behind that question? Why is he telling me I need to keep it up? Like as if I'm not going to do that anyway. Screw you. <laughs> I wouldn't respond like that. <laughs> Call me old fashioned, but <laughs> I love that phrase. That's so good. Yeah, yeah it's really good. It just works in so many different contexts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I, I think I think I first realized it's it's funniness when I heard Adrian say it. <laughs> oh really? Call me old fashioned, but I don't believe that. <laughs> Yeah. Adrian's a French friend of ours. You know, it's 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 just funny hearing Adrian use like English idioms in general. Uh, okay, fine. I think yeah, maybe I'm just weird. It's, it's like with uh um on what I lied to you when uh Henning. Henning. Henning, so, yeah. oh, it's like when you're in for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to hear the German accent say in for a penny, in for a pound. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good reference thank you i'm surprised that you, that you you know that reference that's condescending <laughs> that was intentionally condescending <laughs> good stuff all right fine look i'm happy to accept that i'm weird on this front but look, i i don't think i'm completely off base here i think there's there is something to what i am saying all right but i think i, I take it the too far on, on youtube now that we've got these on YouTube, you can leave comments. Uh, don't worry about condescending Tamo, he's weird. But we'd love to know what you guys think on this pity versus sympathy front. Is it condescending to leave a comment on someone's YouTube video reassuring them to ignore the haters? I personally don't think it is. I think it's quite nice, so please keep doing it. And yeah, keep telling Tamo that he's funny. I did, yeah, okay, so moving on from the that stuff, there was another interesting line of commentary. Okay, hang on. I think... like, we've been recording for an hour and six minutes already. <laughs> Can no, we... no, this is brief. This is brief. Okay, this is fine. brief. <laughs> sure. Mate, what the hell? Are you not enjoying this conversation? No, I am. It's good. But I think, you know, I'm also mindful of the audience. Do you pity here. me? I'm pitying you, yeah. <laughs> Mate, the, the audience are fine with it. The audience can leave if they're bored. <laughs> All right. The, I thought the other interesting thread of commentary about the thing was that I think there were a couple of people who who were interpreting me as being like kind or something like that and i'm not I, i'm not really sure what they were getting at there I, I don't know what was especially kind about that and but and then there were some people interpreting it as unkind uh i think there were a couple of people on the thread saying that um on the it's like a, on the uh the tattle thread oh yeah i think there were there were one or two comments saying like um i'm basically kind of implying that if you're not a professional therapist or something you should literally not have these conversations with people and like it's it's not it's not like nice to it's it's not like nice or okay to you know push someone you know about their feelings and stuff on a podcast or something like that and like you know oh, clear, you know clearly ali has some issues here and like it's you know i don't think it's kind to like talk about this on a podcast and keep keep like pushing him on it when it obviously like makes him uncomfortable or something like that yeah. um I thought that was an inter uh, an interesting sort of uh, angle. What's your take on it before I tell you my take? Hmm. Before I bring my I take down from the mountain. Hmm. I would agree that it's probably it probably won't come under the the the, the, the traditional definitions of kind and, and you'd have to justify it as a you have to be cruel to be kind and you know I'm for for that to be interpreted as kind it has to be like a I'm kind of doing this for your own good and I want you to encourage you know, I want you to um face your feelings and you know ultimately this is this is a kindness that i'm offering to you i think i've had it with a few friends where with most of my friends they're they're cool with me pushing them on how, how they feel about stuff and challenging their feelings to the point where they become uncomfortable with some they're not and i think you and i both have friends who are in, in that position i think so in, in in that in that context if it's the sort of person who's not used to slash and not comfortable with their feelings on some stuff being challenged they might think that no one should ever challenge people's feelings on anything Unless, you know, they're an official therapist and they've been paid to do so. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in that particular viewpoint, but I get that some people, some people are, and that's cool. What's your take on it? Yeah, I think, I think people have different thresholds. Like, I think I, I think I, I have a good sense for where you stand on this and how, how okay you would be being like grilled on this. Mm. And obviously like, you know, we record these podcasts beforehand. If we truly get into some weird territory, 
that either of us doesn't want to put on the internet, obviously we wouldn't put it on the internet, right? <laughs> like we've definitely edited the pod- edited things out of the podcast before. Um, yeah, I, I think people have different thresholds, but but in general, I, I I'm start I'm starting to notice a bit of like a an over pathologizing of things when it comes to the realm of mental health. And look, I'm going to have to caveat this by saying, look, I think mental health is very important. I think you know therapists are very useful. You know, I've I've had a therapist in the past myself. Like absolutely nothing against that. But I, I do I, I am starting to notice this like slightly dangerous uh, discourse where basically the only way you can solve your problems is by going to a professional. And I think we're you know we'd be really missing out if trusted friends cannot you know don't feel like they can actually have these conversations with with their friends like that's really bad you you, you know do, do you know what i mean like, i think yes 100 i'm on board I, I i think there is a there is a general bias too far in the direction of like oh you know if you're not a qualified therapist you, you know you shouldn't you shouldn't try and like have these conversations with your friends and stuff you know they need to get a therapist like i think having having to you know going too hard on that side of things is bad and weird um and i think in general like i feel like in general i wish my friends would push me on more things i get the sense that your friends don't particularly push you on a lot of things like they probably all just like take your stoicism bit at face value uh, mm. although actually like i don't know like sheen said she doesn't really buy it i don't know if she's sheen doesn't push me on on stuff right yeah yeah, yeah I, 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 don't push me on things it it, it takes a a certain level of being a, a certain level of callousness almost <laughs> to be comfortable with pushing someone to the point where they're uncomfortable. Callousness is the wrong way to put it. Callousness is a very, is like a, sure. a misleading right. way to put it's it. A certain sense of callousness somewhat, <laughs> but you, you get what I'm just... getting at, right? Sorry. But you get what I'm getting at. Like someone like Sheen, who's like very warm, very caring, very empathetic is not going to be comfortable pushing someone to the point where they become uncomfortable in talking about something. Whereas you and I probably would be. And there is a difference there in terms of temperament and, and in terms of, I think in terms of, of, of just <laughs> being a generally kind person, I don't think it's particularly kind to push someone beyond the point where they're comfortable. You and I still do it anyway with, with, with the friends, with, with our friends who we, know, who we know can, quote, take it. But if we were kinder and if, more, if our operating maxim was more based around kindness, we probably wouldn't do that even with those friends. I don't know, dude. I think there's like short-term kindness and long-term kindness. I think, and I, and I, I, and I think there's, there's like this narrative around yeah, there's, there's like a weird narrative these days where making someone uncomfortable is like the highest cardinal sin, right? And look, uh, in in in, play, in 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 you know probably the vast majority right of instances, sorry, accidentally right wing. Look, in the vast majority of instances, it is not a good a good idea to make someone uncomfortable. Sure. I think the exceptions are when it's a group, you know, when it it is among trusted friends, and I think it is, I think there is a duty among trusted friends. To, to do that kind of thing, to like, to help each other in that way, rather than sort of optimizing for short-term kindness of like, you know, oh, I'm just going to like always be supportive or, or like, you know, whatever. Sure. That's fine. I can, yeah, I, can, I can probably get on board with that, but you can see why people would, would label it as unkind <laughs> or at least not as kind as someone who recognizes that, oh, this is making this person uncomfortable. Um, this is a public podcast recording. You know what? Let's take a step back and maybe maybe we can talk about it over when the once you know in a few days time like the, the that would be another way to approach it and you and i know that obviously we can cut out whatever the hell we want from these podcast episodes but people watching it might feel as if this is like oh you know was Ali really okay with, with with doing that the answer is well yes which is why it's on the internet um but yeah look i wouldn't put those those different points together and have all the context and then describe this as being being kind yeah but the point i wanted to make was this this sort of uh strange bias towards like only if you are a professional therapist should you oh, yeah. be having these conversations with people. Even, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, that was the main thing I wanted to kind oh, of great. Yeah, draw attention to there. Broad, broadly agreed on that front. It's weird and stupid. Uh, with all the caveats that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was basically another interesting angle of... How, how do you feel about the fact that you were described as unkind by people on this thread? Sorry? You heard me. <laughs> <laughs> I did actually hear you. Why did I say sorry? You often <laughs> do that when I... When I ask you a potentially uncomfortable question, for the last like four weeks, you've done this where you said sorry, and I've repeated myself, and I've known right, I do that. I yeah. called you out on it. Yeah, I think it's to buy thinking time. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, you want to, like, am I going to immediately? 
<laughs> Am I going to answer truthfully or not? <laughs> I was annoyed by that comment. I'll be honest. I was annoyed by that comment. Okay. Yeah. Annoyed as in because it fed into this narrative of only yeah. licensed professionals have any right to talk to someone about their feelings. Yeah. I thought it was inaccurate and stupid and I, I was annoyed by it, if I'm honest with you. Did you feel bad about it? Did I you feel, feel bad about it? Did you feel a sense of, oh, maybe these guys are right. Maybe I shouldn't have pushed Ollie so no. hard. On. If I felt that, I would have felt bad about it. But I, I, I felt annoyed about it. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should read out a review. Let's do it. You want to go for it? By the way, guys, if you're watching this on the YouTube, then you might want to subscribe to it on the Spotify or the iTunes or wherever you actually listen to podcasts, um, because then you'll get the new episodes automatically downloaded straight to your phone. Or feel free to subscribe to the channel on YouTube itself, and maybe the algorithm will, will notify you when there's a new episode. But hit that notification bell to, for that to be the case regardless or something. I'm now on day 11 of my freestyle rap challenge. And I. Oh, yeah. How's it going? What's the challenge? It's really fun. I had, I had like two coaching sessions yesterday. Uh, it's, it's good. Where does, one find a, it. where does one find a freestyle rap coach? Um, so there's this, this company called Ultra Speaking that's run by these two guys called Michael and Tristan, who I did a live stream with many months ago, a few months ago. And I've been doing one of their public speaking courses. And I mentioned to one of them that I wanted to learn freestyle rap. And he'd, he'd actually been doing freestyle rap for like eight years. So he was like, oh, I'd love to help you out and help you along oh, your nice. journey. And he's mates with some other guy who's like a professional freestyle rap coach who runs a company called FlowFam, where they help people get into flow. So he and I had a sesh yesterday to unlock our emotions and stuff and get into flow. And it was, it was really good. Are there any sort of brief techniques you can describe for other budding freestyle rapists, rappers? <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the, the main... The main rule is that you're not allowed to stop. You have to just keep on going. Okay. And that's like the single hardest thing because if, for example, you were, you were to try to freestyle rap right now, you'd feel a level, an element of like self-consciousness and you would just kind of stop because yeah. you would, your sort of you'd brain would cringe. Yeah. yeah. So you have to kind of get over your cringe response. The other thing you can absolutely do is called pattering, which is where you, you might be like, my name's Ali and I'm a freestyle rapper and I'm bada da da ba da ba da attacker and da da da. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Going back to bum ba da da. Where you totally okay with doing that? Yeah. Which again requires you to get over the cringe response, and that doing that kind of thing helps you helps you in in keeping the flow and. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. That's going. sick. That's a that's a great technique. I'm glad you like it. Um, like the have, have, the the dream that I want to get to is where have, have you seen those freestyle rap performances where they ask the audience to throw out random words and yeah, they yeah, all yeah. string it together in like a really yeah 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 so Michael and I were practicing some of that yesterday uh, there's this like on their ultra speaking website they've got the simulator it's designed for public speaking it's called triple step where it gives you a timer and it gives you a speech title like I don't know what's in your refrigerator and you have to make up mm. a speech. But then every sort of 10 seconds, a new word comes up and you have to incorporate the word into your speech. Oh, nice. Yeah. And there's a similar one called um, Blind Slideshow, where you get a slide, you have to talk, give a speech about a topic and you get random slides coming up with random images from Unsplash and you have to incorporate those into your speech. So we were doing that yesterday with the freestyle rap and it's like, <laughs> kind of build a story around it. And then you see an image of a guy with a bandana and you're like, and then my man's wearing a bandana and he's ba da da dum ba da he's a spanner. And then why <laughs> yeah. I just say that? I don't know, but I just got to stay in the flow. And like, I, like like michael is so 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 sick like there were just moments where it was just i was just like how the hell did you do that and he was like yeah oh, take practice man <laughs> do you have to deal with an american accent um the only raps i've really heard are sort of in, I, I think the american accent makes it easier to emphasize things and okay in freestyle rap it's it's more flowing in general it's it, yeah but like in, in 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 freestyle rap it's like the rhymes aren't real rhymes it's like if I was rhyming um, model three, my, my all, all, like the only thing my rhyme has to rhyme with is uh, the, the sound R E. Okay. Yeah. R E. R E. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Probably yeah. destiny, you know, that, that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and that kind of stuff is much easier to emphasize in a sort of American style yeah. where you can elongate yeah. vowels and you won't go wild. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah probably. It just sounds stupid. <laughs> I think the way you know that guy, um, uh, Munchy, what, whatever his name is, uh, unknown Manya, Pete, Manya, Manya Chihuahua or something. Manya, yeah, 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 unknown, unknown Pete. Yeah, yeah, love him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, 
I, I sometimes try and rap in his unknown. My name okay. is and I'm unknown P and I've got my pheasant and a can of beer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's a lot harder than because most of the stuff you hear is American. So you find yourself imitating the American style. Yeah, fair. Okay, nice. That's pretty interesting. Uh, all right, here's a review. This is entitled The Evolution of This Podcast and Why I Love It from Saksha, Saksham Dwivedi in India. They say, Tamar and Ali are amazing thinkers with interesting things going on in their lives. The last episode went really in-depth with Tamar's causal spiel, but hey, I liked it. The podcast at its budding stage was really different. Unique topics and a few book reviews added to the mix. Now it's more of behind the scenes of Ali's and Tame's life mixed with unique topics as before, which kind of bonds the YouTube audience in a bit more, I think. I'd love to see a second episode with Sheen. Uh, yeah, and there's a recommendation for another book. Um, cool, yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Saksham, for the review. That's very cool. Alrighty, um, what's happening with our with our community thing? Are we are we opening it up or what? Yeah, so I, I actually thought we'd closed off signups like I don't know a month ago or something, but there's actually no way for me to just close off new. I mean, there's no easy way for me to close off new signups while also keeping the existing ones. And so signups have actually been open, and folks have actually just been signing up. And every every day or two, I try and go through the new signups and, and add them to the Slack group. So if you have signed up for the sort of uh, the, the paid members community for not overthinking um, and you haven't received an invite to the Slack group, uh, then definitely drop drop me an email at hi at notoverthinking.com. I've got a few people have actually emailed in saying like, hey man, I signed up, like where's the invite? Um, so sorry for the delay on some of those. Uh, we definitely need an automated way of doing this. Yeah, yeah. We're, gonna, we're in the process of setting up like an automated email thing where you get an email with a sort of link and, and stuff. Um, and yeah, we, I mean, we have, we're, we're doing sort of like a weekly-ish members Zoom call. We have one in, in 55 minutes where we just kind of hang out. So yeah, we just start off by talking about the latest episode. I think there'll be lots of interesting stuff from the last one. So I'm really looking forward to this. Um, and then, yeah, just end up chatting and, you know, people stick around for as long as they want. Um, you know, I usually stay for an hour or two. I think a couple of weeks ago, I left off for like a couple of hours or something. But like five hours later, a few people were still like hanging out and chatting. So that was pretty cool. Nice. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.